This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 214. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hey there, my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com, and I'm joined as usual by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. How are you, Lisa? Never better. How are you? Great. Thanks for asking. I'm just going to tell you how I feel next time before I even ask you. I'm determined to switch up this running dialogue that we've had for several years now. Anyway, this is a show about color pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We're answering some odd personal questions. Uh, We want to encourage you guys to answer these questions as well and think about maybe uh, these things in your own mind or even better, share it in the show notes. Uh, Go ahead and, um, you know, put your comment in there and answer some of these also. We'd love to hear from you all in the audience as well. So our first question, how would you describe your career to a stranger? This is kind of a tough one because I don't know about you, Lisa. I've I've had to do that before. Oh, I have um, to do it on a regular almost every time I meet people. Yeah, every time you meet somebody, I mean, you're doing it. For me, it's it always depends on the audience. It depends on the person and how I'm interacting with that person and what the relationship is and that sort of thing. So most of the time, if it's a very superficial relationship, then I'm just going to say, you know, someone who's a complete stranger Hi, you know, if they ask what I do, just say I'm an artist and, and then we move along. If they're interested, I'll give them more information. Um, usually then I just say I'm a fine art artist and an art instructor and I teach mostly online. And I just kind of leave it at that unless they start digging in and wanting more. Um, that's usually my go to. I generally get some pretty funny looks on people's faces when they find out what I am or how I word it. I always say I'm an artist and a YouTuber. And it's that YouTuber part where they're just like, oh. So you don't work, (laughs) which is kind of, I mean, they don't say it, but you know, they're (laughs) thinking, Yeah, (laughs) which is funny because we actually, you know, doing what we do, we work many, many more hours than your normal, you know, 40 hour week. And that's the thing people don't know. Yeah, but it's really funny. It usually does open up the, the YouTuber part, especially will open up a little bit further into the conversation. So it's, it's generally a good conversation starter where people are asking a bit more about it. And then for the art People are always like, they'll come back to that. Oh, what do you, what, what things do you paint? Right. So with that, I generally answer realism, surrealism and portraits. Mm. So um, it, the really funny thing is when I hand, if I give somebody my card that has a sample of, I have a colored pencil owl on the bottom of, of one of my main cards. When I hand that to people, they think it's a photograph. Because, you know, when you shrink an image down, it always looks better anyway. And it does look like a photograph. So then I have to explain, no, that's colored pencil. Right. And, and, you know, it's kind of nice because it does open up a bit of a conversation. It's a good conversation. Yeah, starter. absolutely. But usually people are pretty shocked. You did that? Yeah. Yes, yes I did. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty cool. Even saying you're an artist, I mean, it does generate some curiosity, usually. Sometimes people are just give you that look like, oh, poor you, that kind of thing. Get a real job. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's so deluded. He doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So our second question, what is your favorite thing about being an artist? I'll tell you, my favorite thing is making a difference. I've thought about this quite a bit, and and that's actually it. I mean, helping people. And uh, I thought for a while, I had some other answers in my mind, uh, maybe a couple of years ago or so. But it's really making a difference in people's lives. That's really what gets me jazzed about it. That's my favorite thing. Some of you that may not know, I think most of you probably do know, I also teach uh, physical classes and workshops. I'm teaching at Hobby Lobby. I teach there every Friday. I teach at Plaza Art. I've got a series of classes coming up at Plaza Art and workshops uh, this year and next year. But the the thing about that is that doesn't make a whole lot of money, but it it is so rewarding to me to see uh, just how rewarding it is to the person that is learning. The, the student, the look on their face and the, the reaction that they have whenever they finally figure out how to execute on this hobby that they love so much. But nothing can replace the emails that I get from people weekly that tell me, that because they became a member of the Sharpened Artist Academy or because they found the podcast or they saw some of my YouTube videos or something like that, they came across me somehow and they talk about how that it changed their lives. Most of the time they're dealing with something, um, you know, either they've they're going through some type of life changing struggle. And that's the majority of my students that I hear from. They're going through a divorce or they're diagnosed with a terminal illness or they're dealing with a death in the family or something else. You know, to me, that that's what it is. That's my favorite thing. Well, and I would also have to say that I get to create art all day long, so doesn't get any better than that. I would say there's two parts for me. The first, just the ability to create. I mean, even when I was working at an animal hospital, when they would ask me to make a sign for them for something, it was like, drop what I'm doing. All the files go on the floor because I am focusing on that artwork. <laughs> right. But I mean, anything where I get to paint and draw, that is just, I feel like I'm missing out if I'm not doing that. And I love, love that aspect. But very much like you with the teaching, I started teaching back in 1999 and 99, 98, I think it was 99. It was one or the other. I don't know. I can't count. But I think it was 99. But the... When I started, I thought it was just a way to make a little extra money in between selling my art. But my my goal was always to sell my art. And the more I taught, I re- there was a shift there where I just realized that aha moment you get on, on students' faces when they, fig- like yeah. you said, when they figure something out when you're helping somebody. Yeah. When I see online now, um, because that's where I teach now, artwork that was clearly influenced by me that has their own twist on it, mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I love, like you said, that you can help other people. And it's so funny because I I never realized when I started teaching, I didn't think that was something I wanted to do long term. It was just, you know, kind of a side thing for now. I was working at an animal hospital at the time and also trying to sell my work. And now as the years have gone on, that's one of my favorite things about what we do. I love teaching. And so it's not something I I ever plan to give up. It's just so enjoyable to help other people. It's a good feeling for sure. But that and just the creating. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing as rewarding, though, for for me as hearing somebody say, I never understood why a color pencil artist does X. And you explained it. And now I understand why it happens. Mm -hmm. I've taken tutorials and they tell me to do whatever it is. But I didn't know why I was doing it. I, I love that. Just being able to help someone to understand the, the whole process. 
And I think, too, when you're teaching, it helps you to learn more. I oh, learned absolutely. a lot from teaching because you're having – you're not just if – you're, if you're drawing on your own, you're solving your problems. So you are always learning. But when you're solving someone else's problem, you just amplified how quickly you've got to learn because you're, you're having to figure out, okay, how do I fix what you just did versus just how do I fix what I did? Now I'm fixing a whole bunch of mistakes. I'm learning so much faster, too. So, I mean, there's so many benefits to teaching. Even if you're teaching – like if, if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to teach, teach kids. Get in touch with like a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout or, or Scouts, I think they call it now, but like something where you can work with some kids, maybe, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds and, and, or your own, if you've got family, friends, whoever, have them come over. You will learn even from teaching kids how to do stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. So you, you're, you just benefit, I think, all around from teaching. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that. Um, and you you can find uh, people that would like to take classes or private teaching with you. One of my students, Melanie, is actually doing that right now. And uh, she and I just talked about it just recently. She is doing it in exchange for having her uh, yard cared for. And it's some neighbor kids, but, the, you know, they're older and the mother as well. And she teaches them art on how to do portraiture. And it's it's a win-win for everybody. That is awesome. But it's a really a cool thing. Yeah, you can trade sometimes. Um, you know, there's different, different um, you know, trades or, or professional services that you could trade for. And don't discount that. I mean, that's something that you absolutely could do. Yeah, I've actually done a lot of trades for my artwork, not just in teaching, but mm-hmm. in actually, I don't think I've done any trades for teaching, but I've done trades for artwork for like a local animal hospital when years ago I had, I was extremely broke, but I needed to get my dog spayed and their dentals done. And I talked to the vet, showed them my work, and they agreed, they had me do some custom stuff for the for That's their office awesome. in trade for vet care for the girls. So, I mean, I've done, and I've done a lot of things like that. Sweaters, my dogs, I have, I call them rats on stilts. They're Italian greyhounds. They're super thin. They have no body fat, long, long skinny legs, and they're cold all the time. And one of my friends makes these really cute sweaters that are adorable and really fancy collars. They wear, um, sighthounds wear a special kind of collar called a martingale. She makes those and other people I've known of that made them. I've done so many trades for sweaters for my dogs and the really nice, nice fancy collars because those collars can be $30 a piece. They're not cheap. I couldn't afford that, that, you know, a few years back. And so I would just do these trades. I would draw their, do portraits for them. They'd make me stuff for the girls. I've done that a lot with the art and it works out really good and just I've had people ask, well, how do you figure out the price when you do a trade? I do think when you're bartering like that, that it needs to feel fair to both parties. So what I always did, I told the other person, you figure out what you would charge me full price for the items that you're giving me. And I'm going to do the same for the artwork. And, you know, obviously not hiking up the the cost there, your real full price thing. And we're going to do an even trade. So let's say the painting would be $300. I now have $300 to spend for you full price on what you would have sold those items for. So that always worked out really, really well for making sure everybody felt like they got, you know, a fair, the fair end of the deal there. All right. So our next question, what is your biggest struggle as an artist? This is kind of tough because I mean, let me answer this in two different ways. Consistency and being organized, that's always uh, sort of a struggle. I, I want to do everything. I just want to do it all at the same time, but there's not enough time to do everything in the day. I have other commitments. I have, you know, a family, and there's other things I have to do, um, self-care and all of that, <laughs> normal things that everyone go to go to the grocery store, laundry, whatever. Um, and so I have to organize everything, and I've figured out that just prioritizing and doing three the three big things that need to be done that day and the three in the week and three to four in the month um, usually works pretty well. 
But that is a struggle uh, because I used to think before I did this full time that if I just had 40 to 60 hours uh, like I give at my job in the day to do this, oh, my word, I would just get all kinds of stuff done. There's no end to all the things I would get done. And now that I have all that time, it's like, wow, I I do not have enough time to get all this done. So that's that's one side of the story. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, if we think about this question, what's your biggest struggle as an artist? The other big thing really is not being self-deluded. I, I think it's easy. It's easy for me anyway. I think it's easy for artists to be self-deluded and to think we're maybe better than we are and to... Um, you know, I I, I want to be careful, I guess, is what I'm trying to say about um, being full of myself. I, I don't want that to ha- I don't think that's happened, but I don't want it to happen either. And I want to stay humble enough so that someone can come to me and say, you know, that last piece you did was awful um, because of this, you know, and then tell me something. Give me some constructive feedback. I, I want to stay in a spot where I'm teachable and where I can learn constantly. Yeah, it can definitely be hard, especially with art, because it is so personal. It can be hard at times not to take stuff personal. Right. Um, right. That's definitely, I I can see that being a challenge for sure. For me? I'd say for for me, my biggest. (laughs) I I was just kidding. You're like, yeah, I can see you struggling with that. (laughs) No, no. I mean, for anybody. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. Um. The thing that I struggle with the most is scheduling because I am extremely obsessive about everything. When I am working on something, I am going to tune the rest of the world out. So if I'm working on art, but I still, you know, let's say I'm working on a drawing, trying to get myself, okay, you need to stop. You need to take the dogs out. You need to go edit a video. You need to go do this. You know, I have all these other things I need to get done. And I have a very hard time shifting from one activity to the next. I'm yeah. very all or nothing. And, and it's funny because I'm like that with everything in life. I'm, I'm like that with my diet. I have not had sugar. I don't eat sugar. Um, I cut it out of my diet back last summer because I can't regulate myself. I can't be like, oh, I'm a normal person and I'm going to have a bite of sweets, you know, once a week or once a, a, every few days. No, no. I want to eat that nonstop all the time. That's <laughs> the only thing I want in my diet now is sugar. So I have to cut it all out in order to not overindulge in stuff. I'm really bad there. I mean, it's not like that with everything, but if I like something very much, that's always been a problem for me. And so when I'm, I'm working on one activity, I can't, it's very, very hard for me to shift and go, okay, now it's time to work on this. Now it's time to do this. I would say that's the hardest thing that I deal with. Mm -hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, as far as just over obsessing on things. Um, I, I just like to call it that I'm deeply meditative. <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm working on a, an art piece, I don't want to do it. I, I forget to even drink water. I forget to eat or drink yes. water or anything. I don't want to get up. And I do it with I everything. I made a quilt a few years ago. And, you know, they'll say, start small, learn how to do it. No, I decided I was going with a king size. <laughs> and I decided I wanted it done now. Right. So I spent a week. It was seven or eight days straight. All I lived off peanut butter out of a jar. I would just take a spoonful of peanut butter. That is my food. I am not going to stop to make food. I'm not. I am not stopping. I'm finishing this darn quilt, and I did. It actually came out really good too. But um, see, I I like that though for some reason. I mean, because you figured out how else can I minimize things that don't matter as much. I'm getting food because peanut butter is self sustaining. Um, and, and I'm just going to work on this other thing. I'm. I think there's something weird about 
people that think that they can have balance all the time. You can't always have balance. Sometimes I think it's okay to be a little obsessive about things. And then you go back to some balance a little bit later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. To get Let me big tell things you, my done, body sometimes was sore after that. <laughs> right. Because I, I sew on the floor. I don't sit at a table like a normal person. I sit on the floor. Oh my gosh, my back was killing me. And it's funny though, a lot of that reminds me so much. I see what I do with that. It's so funny. I see a lot of myself in my nephew. My nephew has Asperger's. And when he, if you're not familiar with that, it's a, um, a fairly high functioning. I know well, what it very is. High functioning, but yeah, yeah for autism. Yeah. But he, it's on if he is coloring, yes. If he is coloring, don't you ask him to stop. He's going to ignore you. You are not there. You do not exist to him. He is coloring right now. Right. And he. it doesn't matter if it's a puzzle, blocks, very, gosh, this boy is smart. My gosh, sweetest, smartest little kid. But I see that a lot when he's doing that. And you're like, Tyler, Tyler. Hey, Tyler, he nothing, no reaction at all. (laughs) He is coloring. You don't exist. And it's funny because I do the same thing. I get so wrapped up in what it, it doesn't even have to be art. It can be anything. But yeah, that's what I find makes it so hard for me. Yeah, that's funny. To get other work done that needs to be done. Yeah. So our next question, if you weren't an artist, what would your job be? This one's hard for me. I'm not sure because I knew from the time I was 19 that this is what I was going to do. I can say that before that, my plan was to train dogs for the police or just I would say I could do dog training in general. I'm really good at training, um, teaching. I can tame anybody's bird. You know, I can get a bird that's fairly wild to be um, or, you know, hasn't been worked with um, calm and tamed and, and comfortable being around people and being handled. So working with or training animals would likely be what I would do because um, it's it was the thing I was initially passionate about. And it's something that I still do. So I, I'm guessing that would be it. I'm not sure how you make much money with that, but that would probably be, you know, helping people with whether it be basic obedience or things like that. Um, I think I'm you actually would considering doing out. a, huh? I think you would figure it yeah, out. How to I'm make actually it considering doing a basic obedience kids course in my new neighborhood when I move out there, like helping the kids learn mm-hmm. how to walk their dog properly. And That's there's good. a little bit of, of self. Okay. It's all selfishness because if I can teach these kids how not to let their dogs be insane and dragging them around the street, it's going to be safer for me to walk my dogs. <laughs> so there is definitely a selfish aspect there. The truth comes that, out. Yeah. It might be fun though, to have like a kids, a parent and kid class where they bring their dog and I'll show them the proper leash, how to hold the leash how to you know just general obedience and they got to sign a release form that i get to spank their kid too no (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm totally kidding about that don't don't email me about that i'm totally i'll I'll clicker train the kids too (laughs) just so everyone knows i i do i i do believe in paddling on the behind but only for a short time period and i and i don't believe in abuse and i i think people take it too far most of the time absolutely anyway so I don't want to get any emails on that. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good answer, Lisa. I, I could see you doing that, actually, now that now that you mentioned it. I could totally see that. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen any. My very first YouTube video was I had clicker trained my dog to wave. Actually, I was oh. working on a different behavior, but it turned into waving and it was cute. So we oh, kept it neat. with that. But yeah, I, I really like teaching dogs to do things. Yeah. And they love it. Dogs love to oh, learn. Yeah. If your dog is bored, teach it a trick. Look up something on YouTube, how to teach it to do something. Dogs really enjoy that. I'm still trying to teach my cat just to pay attention. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I can't help you with cats. Yeah. They, they, they don't <laughs> obey. No. <Anyway. laughs> so um, 
you're listening today. Uh, I want to know what your job is. I want to know if you weren't an artist, what would you be doing? Or if you're not an artist right now, maybe you're dabbling with it and it's just a hobby. Then uh, what do you do as your main source of income? I would like to know that. But for those that may not know, I mean, I, I started working from a very, very early age. Uh, even when I was maybe 12 years old, I was working on things that I thought would make money. <laughs> That's kind of embarrassing to say, but I did a taxidermy course and I thought that I was going to be a taxidermist for a long time. But anyway, oh, wow. but I've had a lot of jobs. So I counted them up one time and it was over 50. Now I stayed in one job for 20 years. So don't think that I'm just real flighty and <laughs> just move around the job to job and job hop like that. But I had a lot of second and third jobs, mostly because I, I, I don't know, I just couldn't sit still and just do one job. I don't know. My dad always worked two jobs usually, or he was always doing something. I He, he was not he was not just sitting around at home on Saturday, and he was usually dragging a lot of us boys off, and we were helping him with something, something he was doing. So I learned uh, a good work ethic, and I just uh, kept that. If I wasn't doing art, I would do something in IT probably, which was what my 20-year job was. So what was your first job? Now, I started to answer this a second ago. <laughs> um, all right. So my first job, what I, I'm trying to remember, and I think it was, uh, I mean, a legitimate job. I think it was digging graves. I, I went to the cemetery. Taxidermist and digging graves. My gosh. What's you that? had a very different childhood than me. <laughs> I thought everyone dug graves <laughs> as their first job. <laughs> I did it for, I think, a week or something like that. And then dad told me he needed me for something and told me I needed to quit that job. But that was kind of my first job. And I think I was like 14 and a half or 15 or something like that. And and then really my first job, though, after that was I had a, a lawn care business and when I was going to college. So My first job was working at a pizza place. It was a local um, pizza parlor. My mom made me get a job. Which I'm glad she did. Oh, I hated it at the time. I <laughs> How was a senior in high school. Or it was the end of my junior year. So I was oh, okay. 16. I, no, I, was, I had just turned 17. And she's like, you're not going to stay home, sitting around all day. You are <laughs> going to get a job and you're going to pay me rent. She made me pay her $100 a month. Now, back then, so this was back in, hmm. I'd say this was around 93. $100 a month when you're making $3.75 an hour yeah, is a, a lot, lot of, money. of money. But it was good because it, me, it meant... I had to keep the job. I couldn't be flighty. I couldn't just go yeah. like quit my job because I didn't. I wanted to go to a party that night or whatever. It was probably one of the best. My mom's done a lot of things that helped me that I hated at the time. But that was one of the things I wish more parents would do. Make yeah. Give your kids some forced responsibility. So she took that $100 a month and, and put it towards my health insurance. So, I mean, she wasn't just like being greedy, give me money or anything like that. But it Didn't was go good. It made me have to. <laughs> yeah, it made me have to keep the job because she knew I wasn't wouldn't have otherwise. But she told me she set a rule, and I knew I was going to stick with that. And it it really was good. And oh, did I hate that job? Working with food definitely not for me. Um, anyone who knows me knows I don't cook. Cooking is not a thing I do or enjoy. My idea of cooking is cutting up um, lettuce for a salad. 
And I may not even cut it up. I'm just so lazy. That I may is just hilarious. You know. But yeah, so we I couldn't be more opposite in that regard. I love. Oh, cooking. I don't enjoy it. We keep joking that with the new house we'll have a bigger kitchen, but I have a big kitchen in this apartment. This apartment has a weirdly big kitchen, and I don't use it here, so I don't know what I think is going to change with oh, that. Man. Other than I have a counter that I really don't want dirty, so I'm even less likely to cook. So um, <laughs> you clean yeah. up as you cook. <laughs> Oh, I just hate cooking. There's so many better things I could be doing. Well, true. <laughs> I mean, like washing my hair. That sounds more exciting <laughs> than cooking. I don't know. Cooking's just never been, it, which is funny. My that wouldn't take me long to wash my to hair, though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. You'll need another excuse. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, my sister's the most amazing chef. I mean, she like in actual, she went to school as uh-huh. an industry chef. She's phenomenal. Not me. I'm I jealous. never, ever yeah. had the, the desire is just... Yeah, so um, that that first job working at a pizza place was not my favorite, That's but it was so really, funny. really definitely good for me, and I learned a lot from that. And then I moved from there. I worked at pet stores for a while. Um, then I worked at a grocery store, then Sam's Club, then an animal hospital, and I stayed with animal hospitals until until I became a full time artist. I, I think everyone should work in food service, though, for at least a week or or a month or something like that. It gives you an appreciation of absolutely what those people do. It's hard. Yeah, work. you know, everyone should be a server. You yes, treat people yes. like my sister has spent most of her life has been a server, and it, it, you hear the stories yeah. of how people treat them or don't oh, it's tip ridiculous. well or whatever. It's and ridiculous. It's, it is. And I yeah. think, yeah, I think people should have to work or be required to work these types of jobs to just to have the appreciation for what yes. someone who works in customer service goes They'd be through. better tippers if they did. Oh, that's um, my, my daughter. And it's kind of similar to what you're saying. I made her go get a job. And uh, when she was uh, right before she started her junior year, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, I drove her up there. I said, you're getting out. You're going in. You're saying, hi, my name's Dinah. I put in an application. You know, I told her everything to say. And uh, and she did it. But she she said, she said, Dad, I don't think I can make it. I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> but she's glad that she did it. So yeah. anyway, no, I think it is. I think it is a good thing uh, for kids. But anyway, this has been a lot of fun, and I want to hear what uh, you guys do. I want to know what jobs you've had. I love hearing about your journey being an artist, or if it's your hobby, what you're currently working on, and tell us the what you think are the favorite things about being an artist for you. I, I, I would just like to know. Okay, so comment in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And this is a weekly show. Oh, if you want to reach out to us, you can always email podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.